Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. Well, welcome to game day here on Blaze TV. This is the pregame show. I am Steve Dace, and as you can see, I have dressed appropriately. Like Tiger Woods, I put on the red on Championship Sunday. It's a nice day for a red wedding. And we will see if the voters agree and if those running the elections fortify them accordingly. I am down here in Dallas. I'll be a part of anchoring tonight's uh, Blaze TV exhaustive election coverage. Pretty much the whole team is down here. Uh, Jason Whitlock, Ali Beth Stuckey, Chad Prather, and of course, Glenn Beck. He'll be anchoring it with all of us beginning tonight. Uh, the, the YouTube stream begins at 7.45 p.m. Eastern Time. 7.45 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you want to take advantage of this occasion... We're offering, at least as far as I can recall, the biggest discount we've ever offered before for a Blaze TV subscription today. Uh, when you use the promo code REDWAVE, REDWAVE, $30 off, that's 30% off, an annual subscription to Blaze TV. When you use the promo code REDWAVE at blazetv.com slash midterms, that's blazetv.com slash midterms. Back home in our posh Studios there in uh, Des Moines are Todd and Aaron. Gentlemen, good to see you. How are you? Doing well. We have the uh, the growing pit in my stomach right now as the feeling of two years ago uh, returns once more. Hmm. Yeah, cheaters got to cheat. Todd? Cheaters got to cheat. This is who they are. It is their faith. They're carrying it out. We shouldn't be surprised by that anymore. We are going to do kind of an election day free-for-all today. We, we aren't going to do our normal fake news or not, Pop Culture Tuesday stuff. Uh, this is going to be kind of a pregame show uh, leading up to the results that start coming in later tonight. Georgia's really the first bellwether. Polls close there at 7 p.m. Eastern. And, and so look at this as kind of a two-hour pregame show with a preview of maybe what's to come after we get the results we are anticipating, Aaron Carity uh, is going to join us at the top of next hour. That'll be the only guest we have today, the only non-election-driven segment we have today. He's got a new book out about the rise of the biomedical fascist state. And he's, he's one of those people that we just couldn't get them all on the air. But, but frankly, one of those people we probably should have had on earlier uh, that was in this, you know, not officially uh, you know linked an affiliated group of, of of covid dissenters yours truly of course included and so he's going to join us at the top of next hour about what we should be demanding from those that we suspect will be winning tonight uh when we get to those results and they take office what is the aftermath of this look like and i'm sure we'll have some of those conversations as well let me and by the way when we get into follow-up that's one of the big reasons why I was eager to sign on board with our friends over at Preborn. Because there are some fantastic pro-life ministries out there that do a great job of, uh, of, of finding mothers in crisis, like my mom was pregnant at 14 years old, uh, having a baby at 15 if she follows it to term. 
there's a lot of organizations that do that kind of work out there and, and have found the same kind of data that our friends at Preborn have found, which is if a mom sees an ultrasound or hears a baby's, her baby's heartbeat on the sonogram, she's far less likely to follow through with killing it. Uh, her conscience will be convicted. They've seen about an 80% conversion rate over the years at Preborn. But here's the key now. In the post-Roe v. Wade world, this has moved from a, a ministry manifesting as a political movement to a political movement now that must become more of a ministry. Because now these moms are going to need help. They're going to need follow-through. They can't automatically just go down the street and kill their kid or across town and do it. And preborn does that already. Uh, they offer the follow-up maternity help, baby clothes, diapers, car seats, counseling, so much more. And all of it is free. Provided people like you and us, you and us here, pony up uh, and with donations to make that possible. If you want to donate to Preborn, fantastic ministry. They have helped save tens of thousands of babies' lives just since they started partnering with the Blaze. Dial pound two fifty. Say the keyword baby. Dial pound two fifty. Say the keyword baby. Or you can do what we did when our family donated. Just go to preborn.com/steve. Again, that is preborn.com/steve. So, gentlemen, let's let's begin here with the stakes. And I want to reiterate what I said yesterday. I, I don't believe I can say for certain this is the most important election of our lifetimes. And we have heard that every single election. You guys know I roll my eyes. I can understand why people like Todd who are saying that. And I thought what Todd said a few weeks ago was brilliant, that this is the first time he can remember that sanity is literally on the ballot. But what happens after this election will determine whether or not it's the most important election of our lifetimes. I can't even say we're going to save America today. What's, what's wrong with America is beyond saving politically. She is sick in the soul. Here's what I can confidently say. Regardless of what happens after the results are known, I know that this is true. This is the most clarifying election of my lifetime. The spirit of the age, the moniker we have given for the political manifestation, the cultural zeitgeist manifestation of demonic energy has never been more blunt, honest, and transparent about who it is and what it wants than what we have seen these last couple of years. By the time this election is over, every American is going on the record. Every single one. Every single American adult, I should say. No one has an excuse. You will either show that you're just too drunk on your own complacency, laziness, slothfulness, that you could not be bothered when the devil literally showed up in a red unitard and a pitchfork. Or you will show that you not only weren't bothered by the devil showing up in a red unitard and a pitchfork, 
but you were down to clown. You were in on it. You're down with the darkness. You were sent. And there are no excuses. Trump tweets me. Trump's a racist. Not on the ballot. No excuses. None. No excuses at all. Oh, my, my Nana was a, no, no, was a Democrat. No, 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 no. No excuses. Uh, Nixon Southern. No, 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 no. If you vote for this party, you are voting for this agenda. And you need to be told that. Someone needs to tell you that. So I will. Because I don't care about being popular. I don't mind it. I prefer it. It's just not a driving motivation of mine. Telling you the truth is. You are assenting. I don't care who you are. And I don't care what your reasons are. Without any equivocation whatsoever. And if this is the final thing I say and then God calls me home after I say it, I am fine being held accountable for what I'm about to say. That's how convinced of what I'm about to say I am. If you affirmatively vote Democrat in this cycle, you are assenting to a demonic agenda. You are. And you need to be told that. And then there is the third group. Those who are willing to take a stand. Those who are willing to go on the record and say, here and no further. We can't do this anymore. We are going to get clarification. Now, I love clarification. Even if it's bad. Even if it's bad. Like my nefarious film. I wanted to see it before you did. Just in case it didn't live up to what I had hoped it was going to be. Know the truth now. Know it now. I can frame, I can fix things if we're honest. I can't if we're not. Now most of us don't want to know the truth. We want to be affirmed. We want to hear the truth that makes us feel good. I just want to know what is true. And we're going to get some clarification. We may not like it. We may find that there's a strong enough remnant in places like New York to push back against the spirit of the age. And if we find that, then we'll recalibrate some of the things we have said and stood for on this show recently and run to the battle to support those people. On the other hand, we may find out that I was sadly right. It's gone. These places are gone. Because if this level of existential consequence, if this level of calamity doesn't cause paradigm-shifting news, gentlemen, then I don't want to live to see what it would take. And probably neither do any of you. So, 
dust, meat boots. Moving on. Those places are forsaken ground. We are going to get answers now. This is a choose ye this day whom you will serve moment for the people of this country. There are no distracting personalities. Oh, you know, I, I, I just uh, I tweeted to that one Mexican judge. So, uh, you know, I want to pay 500% more inflation. No, 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 we're not. No, no, no excuse. All of you within the sound of my voice have no excuse. None. So let's have a sifting. Let's do this. Let's find out. Wouldn't you rather know? I, maybe some of you, your answer would be no. Like, like the cheating, for example. I would love it if they just cheated out in the open, like it appears in Maricopa County, Arizona, they are, which we'll get to in a moment. I, I would love if they just did this out in the open, in full view with no narrative, no defense, because honesty is what propels us to action. Complacency does not. Complacency doesn't compel any action. Honesty does. Finally, in America, today, let's let the truth have its way. Everybody's on the record. We know where everyone stands. And I'd rather find out we have a smaller faithful remnant than we thought then continue to lie to ourselves that we have numbers we don't. Now, what I'd rather find out most of all is that a new layer of patriot was ignited because of the honesty of the evil of the last couple of years. Trust me, I I would rather find that out most of all. But I will take disappointing truth over no truth at all. No more silent majority lies, No more. It's a new era. It's a new generation. It's a new paradigm. Which calls for a new level of honesty. We're going to get clarification from these results. How important they turn out to be. How momentous they turn out to be. Will be determined by the actions that will be taken in the months and years to follow the results we receive. But first. But first. Because if you can't get enough people in this country to send what amounts to a sternly worded letter with a vote, then you should know you are never going to get them to show up at the school board meeting. So know that now. Know it now. Wouldn't you rather work smart than hard? I would. Tell us the truth. Let's let the truth have its way. Let the lion out of its cage. Everybody go on the record. Sheeps and goats, shirts and skins. Let's drop teams, see where we're at. Because that level of honesty is the first step it takes to get to the kind of conviction and action that will be necessary to turn back what's in front of us. Gentlemen, your thoughts. 
the strongly worded letter aspect of this. I think that's the that's the most important facet in my mind. Because at the end of the day, if too many of us do not do these quote-unquote little things, like showing up to school board meetings, after we, uh, let's say, have a red wedding later on this evening, this is all, all it's going to be is Donald Trump tweeting out no more trannies in the military. Cool. Uh, we're going to do that anyway. Anyway, this is akin to if you're lucky nowadays, you can't even get most Republicans to send a strongly worded letter on anything of, you know, great import to you. So, you know, a strongly worded letter these days seems to be kind of the best that we can hope for. This must be followed up with action from everybody who's going to vote today and from the people they voted for. I told you earlier, tongue-in-cheek, it sounded, but it's not tongue-in-cheek. Today is shaping up. Today is shaping up so far in my mind, and I'm not saying this to depress anyone, but in my mind, it's kind of shaping up the way that it was two years ago. And I've got this pit growing in my stomach. Because not enough people were held accountable for what happened, if any, for what, held account, uh, for what happened two years ago. Accountability and action is what we need. It could be, it could be, they're, they are, they're already trying nakedly out in the open to steal this. And it just could be that, they, that they're not going to be able to produce enough ballots or stall for any, enough time this time because the margin, uh, margins are what they are. It, it could be. But I, I'm telling you, they can't stop. They won't stop. I'm not sure if I can say, and I want to, and, and maybe tonight is the first night that I'll be able to say something close to this. I'm not sure what we can say about, you know, the side of sanity. Can we stop? Can't stop? Won't stop fighting for sanity? That's really what's on the ballot here, as, as Todd has said multiple times. We've talked about... They can't stop. One, one second. Yeah. They can't stop. They won't stop. They must be stopped. Correct. Todd. We've talked the uh, last three years about, you know, sanity finally kicking in. When will everybody wake up? Well, this is very much in Isaiah 1, where would you yet be struck moment? How long can it go on like this? We say. But here's what they are doing right now with this attempted steal yet again brazen out in the open they want you to th ask the same question but go in the opposite direction and this is why i've been predicting for a long time what they're going to try to do on election day they're not just trying to question this particular election which may or may not be their right to do just like it was ours last time they are trying to make you question the legitimacy of this entire democratic republic altogether they want you to think we just can't go on like this i just want peace and quiet and maybe this whole thing called a democratic republic is played out and we need to move on to our betters just like this is steve's point about we're going to find out who doesn't really care 
who are, who's all in on it. We need to know who those people are. Because that's it. Right now, why this is the most important election of my time? Because the entire definition of citizenship and God-ordered rights, to me, it's all on the ballot. Are we going to be the people we were called to be by our founders because they were uh, called to put that in uh, order by God himself? We, we have got to come to terms with that. The other side desperately wants you to come to terms with this sooner rather than later. In this election, it's what they are willing to go as far as they are. It is their religion. Please appreciate that. They want you to feel desperate, even if you win in this election. It's, it, it, it's just too hard. It's exhausting. And so you will go off to your comfort while they, day mm -hmm. after day after day, they will do their blood sacrifices to their God. I can't agree with Steve Moeller. This is just the beginning. The next two years, even if it's a red tsunami, it's going to be helm's deep. You have got to bring a new level of resolve to how you are willing to practice your citizenship. You absolutely have to, if you voted on the red side of this ledger. Otherwise, you may as well not vote or go vote Democrat or do whatever, because you will lose regardless. Yes, the question Steve asks is absolutely pertinent. Choose this day whom you will serve and then never lie to yourself that that will not come with sacrifice. If you're going to sacrifice no matter what, you might as well choose the most holy sacrifice of them all. We are not a nation of laws and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. The side with the most conviction wins every time. Why did we scamper away from Iraq and Afghanistan? Because the Bedouin peoples living there wanted to own those armpits and manage them far more than we did in the end. Why did the sun the empire that the sun never set upon why did it just get up one day at yorktown and just get on ships and say we're out of here we're done we just don't we, we're going home because we were willing to die for new jersey they weren't the ultimate example of this is christianity from barely a hundred people hiding cowering for their lives in an upper room to conquering the Roman Empire. Sheer conviction. It's always about conviction. Always. And that's why what happens after today, or whenever these results are known, are going to determine what they mean. Not today in and of itself. The previous generational paradigm if I live my life quietly and let you live yours, and then when things just get out of hand, I show up as part of the silent majority and stun the pollsters on election day and save America, that paradigm is dead. It is dead. Here is the new generational paradigm. I'll bear any burden pay any price in the end we might just be under a very deserved Romans one judgment here
And if that is the case, who would dare stand to God and say, it's not justified? But short of that, and in that case, there's nothing we could do. We're going down, and we deserve it. So we'll take our spot in the history books, in the graveyard of empires, and formerly great and exceptional cultures. But short of that, I'll go down to him. Because the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'll go down to him. I'm not going down to you. You ain't him. So if there's nothing we could have done, it was too late. Would any of us stand up and say, that would be an unjust verdict by the by Almighty God. Would you say that, Todd? No way. Aaron, would you say that would be an unjust verdict nope. as a young father? Nope. Neither would I. Neither would I. As an older father, looking forward to grandkids, I would not say that's an unjust verdict. If anything, I think all three of us would make the case that the Lord has demonstrated his patience and loving kindness. But short of that, we're not doing self-fulfilling prophecies in this generation. We're not doing this anymore. The answer is no. My name is no. And my number is no. And if I vote for you, you bet your ass you will. And I'll make you. Because if we're not willing to do that, we are going to go down. We don't have the institutional infrastructure to organically hold back what has risen in the culture. And many of these institutions anyway are aligned with them and the spirit of the age and against us. That's why our motto is the last few years, what have they been? Assume you're being lied to. Don't trust the institutions anymore. The answer is us. We can't afford complacency anymore. Let's find out. Yeah. Let's show up for the fight. See what happens. I don't know. We might get our ass kicked. It's happened. I know this. You lose every fight you don't show up for. I know that. I, I No guarantee you win every one you show up for. Might be too late. It might be too late. You need to come to grips with that. Might be too late. And if it is, amen. But let's find out. Might not be. Might not be. I mean, because in a year of it seeming like it's too late, the Lord gave us the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Maybe it's not. Maybe just looking for a little mustard seed of conviction here. Just a little mustard seed of urine and vinegar. Daniel Horowitz told me today that he has heard that if DeSantis gets the size of win. And we're going to look at some of the numbers and election day happenings here in the next segment. But if he gets the size of win that is being forecasted, he is planning a, quote, Sherman's March, end quote, through the institutions in, in Florida. Yep. That's what it will take. In the history of American Christianity, there has been one denomination that, had, that flirted with the spirit of the age and came back to the narrow road. 
only one that that's ever happened and it was the southern baptist convention how did it happen you've heard me talk about this before leaders like adrian rogers and others the men the strength of men had not yet failed driven by conviction they went congregation to congregation seminary to seminary they purged the infidels they threw them out and they they appreciated their woe and lamentations and the wailing of their women they got rid of them that's how they did it that's what this will take legislature to legislature school board to school board you're insane you're out you're gone i know they have prisons in oklahoma i filmed a movie at one last year maximum security prison in fact so why is a drag queen in bartlesville oklahoma getting up and exposing themselves to children and not in handcuffs and in a cell in three seconds because that's what this will take if you don't have that fire in the belly you're not a terrible person but this just isn't for you join the peace corps do international missions not your gig but for those of us who think that this is our gig that's what it will take to pull it off and nothing short of that more in a moment I've gotten a lot of good commentary over the last year since I made the switch with my glasses to the uh, folks over at Better Spectacles. And you've heard me talking about them as well. And you've heard me discussing the uh, road and stock frames imported from Germany, kind of the, the gold standard in eyewear. But it's not always been easy to get uh, for mass distribution here in the U.S., particularly if you've got a, a problematic prescription like me where I'm a little bit far and I'm a little bit near. Well, I've got the road and stock frames on today. If you like those or think maybe you can even do better, you probably can with the catalog they have right there at Better Spectacles. Go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. They'll hook you up uh, with a teleoptical appointment with some of the best opticians in the country. Won't even have to leave your house. And uh, they'll get you not only uh, the, the prescription you need, but also they can hook you up with some of these road and stock eyewear frames that are fantastic as well. Right now, to get you started, they're offering you 61% off as an introductory offer, and they throw in the road and stock frames for free. You can't beat that. 61% off and the handcrafted road and stock frames for free when you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. That's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. And now, late, but of course, never unnecessary. It is time for Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away for November 8th, 2022, the midterms. This montage, I'm just going to get out of the way as much as I possibly can and let you hear and watch the sights and sounds of the final day and days before this day. But we'll begin with this. And now in this rare move, last night's record-breaking drawing was actually delayed because of a technical issue. Lottery officials saying one of the 48 participating states still needs time to process its sales. Just this morning. Morning in Maricopa County, Arizona. So what happens is we have two tabulators. One of the tabulators is not working. Okay? 
The other tabulator is taking about 75% success loan. So 25% of them are being misread, and it could be a printer issue, um, or it could be the tabulator itself. So when it's misread, you have an option to put it into what's called box three, and it gets read, whether it goes downtown and gets read manually, or whether it gets refed in into our tabulator. We don't want to adjudicate. They get read, no. okay? So no one's trying to <laughs> deceive anybody. Corrine Jean-Pierre at the White House. It took two weeks to, to call every state. In modern elections, more and more ballots are being cast in early voting and also by mail. You heard the president say this the other night. He has been very clear on this as well. We may not know all the winners of elections for a few days. Joe Biden in Maryland. Hey, hey man, don't jump. You look crazy enough to jump. Don't jump. Donald Trump in Ohio. But it was the laptop from hell, and they said it was Russia disinformation. No, it wasn't. It was from Hunter. Can you imagine the father? I, I'm not sure he understood it, but assuming he understood what was on that <laughs> laptop. No, could you imagine? Don, if that ever happens to you, if you ever have a laptop <laughs> like that, I will never, I swear, I'll never speak to you again. Back to Corrine Jean-Pierre. President Biden made a pledge last night during the New York rally to approve, quote, no more drilling for oil. Uh, but does he see that as being in conflict with his efforts to lower gas prices? So, no, we don't see that in conflict. Nancy Pelosi on CNN. President Biden drew a line between what happened on January 6th and, no. and the attack on your husband. The president said, I quote, the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those were the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States right. Capitol on January 6th. That's right. Do you draw that same line? Absolutely. There's no question. It's the same, the same thing. And uh, copycat or whatever it happens to be inflamed by the same misrepresentation. At an Astros World Series parade in Houston. For those of you listening, somebody chucked a can full of beer at Senator Ted Cruz, who was standing with his family on the back of a Hummer. Back to Ohio. I'm going to be making a very big announcement on Tuesday, November 15th at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida. We want nothing to detract from the importance of tomorrow. Kamala Harris in California. One does not have to abandon their faith or deeply held beliefs to agree the government should not be telling her what to do with her body. Ron DeSantis in Florida. Fighting woke ideology is something that we have to do across society. And in Florida, we do that. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in corporate America. We fight the woke in classrooms. We in Florida will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die. Democrat lawyer Mark Elias on MSNBC. Oh, I think they're afraid that if everyone was able to vote and if we got an accurate count, they'd lose. It's nothing more complicated than that. They know that if every eligible voter was allowed to cast the ballot and that it was counted accurately, they'd lose. That that has been the whole threat that to Trumpism from the beginning. Former Senator Claire McCaskill on supposed threats of violence against Democrats at the polls. This election will be decided on that really literally on the edge of a knife. In New York, Kathy Hochul.
say check the source. You know, he has been hyperventilating, trying to scare people for months. And New Yorkers are onto it. And that's what happened while we were away. Here's Montage brought to you by friends over at My Patriot Supply, who you might think... I really need to call those folks after watching that. All right. Make sure you get their three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply for you and everyone in your household. That's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks. The full complement of the 2,000-plus calories a day that you need should Let's Go Brandon hit the food supply like it's hit virtually everything else over the last couple of years. Uh, It uh, is delivered discreetly. Shipping is free. Did I say shipping is free? I did. Stays good for over 20 years with proper storage as well. Get their biggest discount ever, $250 off a three-month emergency food kit now when you go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Once more, that is MyPatriotSupply.com. Let's get to some of the uh, early data. Well, first of all, I want to start with the first thing that was in my inbox when I got up this morning. So this story comes out, was it just yesterday, I believe, that uh, the Department of Injustice under Merrick Garland has dispatched stormtroopers for uh, election integrity, right? That was yesterday. That story came out all over the country. First thing in my inbox when I get up this morning, here's what I mean. When I talk about they have to do something, this is what it looks like. First thing in my inbox is a notification from the DeSantis administration that Merrick Garland's stormtroopers will not be allowed in the state. We won't let you in. And you're not getting anywhere near our polling places. That's it. We're going to do stuff. We're not going to tweet about it. And then not do it. We're not going to threaten it. And then not follow through. We're going to King Kong ain't got nothing on me. That's what we're going to do. I will use the full authority and power, power, power granted to me by the sovereign people of Florida to defend them against all enemies, both foreign and domestic. That's what we're going to do. And that's what you need the people you elect to do. And you need to make them do it, if they won't do it on their own. What does it look like, by the way? All our lives, we were told, we, we can't have Republicans do this stuff. They can't win. It'd be unpopular. It's too incendiary. Little birdie of mine sent me the following information this morning, guys. Listen to this. Quote, So far in election day voting, Republicans are outpacing Democrats in the following Democrat strongholds in Florida. Dade, Palm Beach, Leon, and Duval. And we're almost dead-evened in Broward. Broward. In Dade, Republicans are running 33% higher so far as of 10.30 this morning compared to Democrats. In Palm Beach, it is 50% higher. Remember, Republicans already won early voting in Florida by several hundred thousand votes. Govern! Freaking govern! That's what we elected you to do. The job is governing. Do the job. And we're going to know those Aaron. results in Florida like an hour after the, after the polls close. Correct. 
third and largest that's a state biggest, in the a union. bigger yes. state than uh, Arizona. Jesse Kelly just pointed this out on Twitter. Maricopa County, Arizona, is one of the richest counties in the entire country. If they cannot get their damn elections right, it's because they don't want to. I, I'm get, I'm. Well, they're doing this out in the open again, and it's it was I was getting me pissed off uh, sitting there at one o'clock in the morning last uh, two years ago, and I'm 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 about to lose it if they just if they just do this and nobody attempts any accountability right away. And as you already pointed this out, this is on- why. Go ahead, Todd. As you already pointed out on Twitter today, the rich irony of uh, Arizona and Maricopa County that if if the fix, in fact, is in, the person responsible for the fix will be the one who's elected governor. I mean, it's it's Katie Hobbs is the secretary of state of Arizona. There's a difference. There's something about Florida, though, in places like... uh, New York, you know, they, they may be cursing the darkness, but here in Florida, the, what Steve is talking about, those statistics, it's not just cursing the darkness. They've seen the light and they love it. They're lighting candles everywhere. That's what's going on there. We don't have to suggest there's another way. Guess that there's another way. It exists. And people are choosing it. This is the thing Steve's been talking about. Steak versus Cheez-Its. They've been eating steak down there, and they love it, and they want more. Right. And just to be right, clear. that's a great point. And just to be clear, what we're talking about, what's going on in Maricopa County. Now, within the last hour, uh, election officials there have come out and said about 20% of the tabulating machines, those are the machines that each individual polling location, if I understand correctly, use to count the votes, about 20% of those in Maricopa County are not functioning right now. They're trying to tell people to put uh, their ballots yeah. in something called Box 3, which, guess what? Won't be counted for weeks. Those ballots won't be counted for weeks. So either you put up, these people have jobs as well, you stay and you use one of the functioning machines, or you put your vote in a box and it won't be counted uh, for weeks. That's what's going on in Maricopa County right now. At this point, I, maybe I'm just getting too emotional here. At this point, no. This I was the decisive county in Arizona I, two years ago. I don't yeah. think I don't think they can let Carrie Lake win now. She's already she's already calling BS on this. I don't think they can let her. I, I, even if if even if it's a bigger margin than what they even expected, I don't see why they wouldn't just let this go on for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's what they did last time. So here's why they're doing it. Here's the early voting numbers as of 10 a.m. local time in Maricopa. Election day numbers in Maricopa. In-person voting only, Maricopa County, as of 10 a.m. Republicans, 23.4%. Democrats, 11.5%. Independents, 8.4%. Among people who are party-identified that have voted so far. Republicans are at 2 to 1 again ahead of Democrats in election day voting. That's why they, that's why they're doing it. Otherwise, it's just a hell of a coincidence, man. I mean, what a what a coincidence. What a coincidence that Arizona's having election day problems when the current secretary of state in charge of the elections just so happens to be on the ballot for governor. Guys, it's it's like that one rando day when a bunch of bats 900 kilometers away from Wuhan planted a virus there. I mean, I just have we just not had some real shitty luck lately? I mean, this is, I mean, we have just had some really shitty luck lately. I mean, it's just, we just can't get out of our own way around here, guys. And what really, Hobbs, as feckless as she looked, she's just 
a perfect stooge of this state. She, underst- she understands the math of the fact that uh, p- people probably won't push back against her. And if they do push back, they'll manipulate that narrative and just say, hey, we got our next January 6th, which is what they want. Uh, this is why I said you have got to have a totally different level of resolve starting yesterday. Because as, as ridiculous as Hobb looks, she is the perfect stormtrooper. She just doesn't care about you, about anything. She will worship all the way to the end while you won't do a damn thing. That has to change or game over. By the way, I just got this. Here's an update now on Election Day voting in Maricopa. You ready for this? (laughs) 57.1% of total Election Day voters in Maricopa identified as Republicans. 14.4% Democrats. 28.5% 28.5% independence. That's the latest well, update from Maricopa if, County. If those end up being anywhere close to the final margin, it's not going to matter. This, this voting machine stuff. That's I mean, my, that's, that, and that's exactly, that's what I was, when people have asked me, what is this margin outside of cheating? Well, you guys it. have heard me talk yeah. about the margin of cheating for years. I've talked about this on my show be- long before Donald Trump ever showed up to run mm-hmm. for office. I talked about, you got to win outside the margin of cheating. It's just now we have, we, we, we now want to quantify it more after what they just did to us in 2020. But if you want to know what that is, it's what I just said. You can't cheat that. Exactly. There's no way to overcome that. You have to win by those kinds of margins. That's what I mean. But that's a perfect companion to what you said earlier about this is just a clarifying day and everything we do about that going forward is ultimately the game. Because even if what you both said is true, and I believe that it is, if no one, including Hibbs, is arrested for what they've done after this, again, sooner or later, it's a loss in our column, even if we win on this red wedding. If they try this, and they are, arrests must happen, and nothing short of it. You don't think they had ample time? Do you think they ch- checked checked the voting machines before this? I mean, Rob and I this morning were checking all of this to make sure all of our routing. Do you think they did anything close mm-hmm. to that? In Maricopa County, they don't apparently care. I don't not. remember they, they gave don't us, care. That's exactly remember, right. Bullies never they give yep. stop they, unless you punch. They him. gave us a trial run, right? Didn't they do a trial run where they uh, uh, announced that Katie Hobbs had won, and there was a actually a fake report or something about that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, why would you want to test your voting machines? Why, why would you want to test the integrity of your process? What would make you want to do a thing like that? Nothing, unless you don't have any integrity, right? That's that's why you would do it. And that's that's why the margins have to be to this extent. I mean, Fetterman's people are in Pennsylvania trying to uh, file another lawsuit to overturn the one that they lost la- earlier uh, or they lost last week about not counting unmarked, undated, uh, wrongly um, uh, wrongly submitted ballots. And his lawyers told the court in a briefing that the only reason that the federal court ruled against them was to placate Republicans uh, and their conspiracy theories. It wasn't actually based on any law. That's actually what Fetterman's attorneys put in the court filing that they made with their lawsuit that's being heard at the moment. Nihilistic gaslighting. But that's where we live now. And that's why it's going to take conviction to get rid of it. Hour two is next.
All right, back here with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Kind of your election day pregame show here today. I'm Steve Dace. I'm down in Dallas at our newly renovated facility down here. And it's even more incredible than it was the last time I was here. And our election night coverage begins here tonight on Blaze TV, 6.45 p.m. Central, 7.45 p.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss it. A lot of us are coming in for this. Uh, I know Jason Whitlock is going to be here. I uh, had dinner with Chad Prather last night. Uh, spoke with Allie Stuckey on her show early this morning. Uh, so all of us and more expected to uh, join Glenn on the decision desk here tonight. So looking forward to that. Hope you tune in. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Take advantage of that by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com, D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter, as well as Instagram and TikTok. And then you can find me as well on Trump's Truth Social over at Real Steve Dace, at Real Steve Dace is how you can find us there. And then you'll find clips of the show free to watch and free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace show rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. And as always, those of you that are podcast listeners, thank you so much. Please, if you haven't yet done so, leave us a five star review if you like us. Uh, And then also hit subscribe or follow. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. I did bring my Built Bars with me. I brought a uh, a box of the uh, Pumpkin Pie Puff because, you know, I never leave home without them. Uh, they are the absolute greatest protein bar of all time. There's no way I could have stayed on this regimen to lose the final 50 pounds. I'm about 30-some-odd pounds in. Uh, I, there's no way I could have stayed on this regimen this year as long as I did without Built Bar to satisfy my... I guess we'll call it prodigious sweet tooth. It's the greatest protein bar ever rivals. A lot of the candy bars on the market. You won't believe there's only four or five net carbs in this. There's only four or five grams of sugar. How is this possible? All of them covered in real chocolate packed with flavor and protein. Get 15% off. Now, when you use my last name, Dace as your promo code, when you go to built.com promo code Dace for built bar, when you go to built.com built.com promo code Dace. Get that 15% off. Name of the book that we will be be discussing here, The New Abnormal, The Rise of the Biomedical Security State. Aaron Cariati, MD, joins us now. It is a pleasure to have you with us here on Election Day of all days. Aaron, how are you, brother? I'm doing well, thanks, Steve. Good to be here with you. Aaron, give our audience, you've got a pretty extensive background. Can you kind of just give us the Cliff's Notes version of your bio. Yeah, so for 15 years, I was a professor in the School of Medicine at the University of California, Irvine, where I also served as director of the medical ethics program. So I chaired the ethics committee in the hospital and was involved in university's policies, including pandemic policies, until last December. Uh, Last year, I filed a lawsuit in federal court challenging the university's vaccine mandate on constitutional grounds, a case that's still in federal court. And rather than waiting for the judge to make a ruling in the case, the university placed me on suspension uh, a year ago, November 1st, and then a month later, the university fired me. So I'm now in private practice part-time, but I serve as a fellow and director of the Bioethics and American Democracy Program at the Ethics and Public Policy Institute in 
Washington, D.C. So I'm involved in public policy work. I'm involved in especially looking at what happened during the COVID pandemic and trying to wrap my head around the authoritarian measures that were rolled out that unfortunately were sort of passively accepted by so many Americans. And the the book that we're that you mentioned that we're going to talk about today is sort of the, the fruits of my attempt to understand what happened during the pandemic and also where things are going next in terms of using public health crises, using, you know, under the, the declared state of emergency that we're still under for COVID, uh, what, what new measures are coming down the pike that could further compromise our civil liberties and our freedoms? Define for us, Aaron, what you mean by biomedical security state. Define that for us. So, yeah, the subtitle of of the book is The Rise of the Biomedical Security State. And the biomedical security state is the welding together of three things that used to be distinct, but over the last 20 years have become increasingly um, uh, melded. And the first is is an increasingly militarized public health apparatus. The second is digital technologies of surveillance and control. So a good example of the latter would be the QR code-based vaccine passport system that was rolled out in so many jurisdictions that I have to show a a QR code to get on a plane, get on a train, go to a restaurant, gather in a place, or even get back into my own country of origin. And this code demonstrates that I've done what the public health authorities wanted me to do including injecting, you know, a a novel vaccine, a novel gene therapy into my body that I may have wanted, but I may not have wanted and may have done only under pressure or compulsion. So a militarized public health apparatus, digital technologies of surveillance and control that have been available really since 2007, since the invention of the iPhone. And both of these are backed up by the police powers of the state, by um, by a regime that includes, we now know, that includes censoring any opi- uh, opinions online, controlling the flow of information, and uh, sidelining the voices of people like me who try to challenge any of these COVID-related policies uh, or challenge the, the growth of um, what I've termed the biomedical security state. Scott Atlas, in his endorsement of your book, talked about this molding that you just described, he describes it in his his endorsement of your book as, and I quote, the unholy cabal among the National Institutes of Health, academia, harmful international organizations that he doesn't quantify who those might be, uh, and the biopharma industry that controls science, research, funding, and careers. End quote. Who's he talking about there? Other than NIH, who else is he talking about there? Yeah. So he's about the World Economic Forum, uh, mm-hmm. which is representative of the interests of the wealthiest of the wealthy global elites. He's talking about big pharma and other um, uh, big tech, other organizations that actually benefited during the pandemic. So we know, for example, that Amazon lobbied for lockdowns on the West Coast. Did they do that because they have expertise in public health? No, they did that because lockdowns served their bottom line in their own interests in terms of 
eliminating their competition by the massive closure and bankruptcy of many, many small businesses. And also when people are locked down at home, they're having to do all their commerce online. They're using Google, they're using Amazon, they're using these big tech platforms for all of their communication, all of their purchases. And we saw during the pandemic the what turned out to be the largest upward transfer of wealth in world history from the working class and the middle class, not just to the upper class, but to the, the very tip of the, of the pyramid, the wealthiest of the wealthy elites. Uh, and this was, as I suggest in the book, this was, you know, by design, it was no accident that big tech favored the more authoritarian COVID policies because they benefited from it in terms of their financial bottom line. He's also talking about the small group of people that control biomedical research, especially uh, through the NIH. So most research in the United States is funded by the NIH and NIH funding is the only way to advance in academic medicine as a researcher. And a small group of people like Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins at the NIH control her strings. You're not going to have very many people in science and medicine willing to contradict their preferred pandemic policies because the, the threat is that my research funding might dry up if I don't go along or if I criticize those who are in control of, of the funding of science. Uh, he's referring also to the ways in which many of our federal agencies that are supposed to be serving the public interest have been captured by the corporate interests that they're meant to regulate, so the ways in which the FDA and the CDC have been captured by the interests of big pharma uh, is another issue that I, I get down into the weeds and describe the details of how that works in the book. So I think it's important for people to understand, first of all, that our pandemic policies failed. Uh, they failed to control the spread of the virus and they did massive collateral harms. So things like lockdown, school closures, mask mandates, vaccine mandates and vaccine passports didn't achieve the purpose for which they were supposedly instituted. But even after it became clear that these policies weren't working, we, we sort of doubled down on them. So the question is why? And this book is an attempt in part to understand the larger economic and political uh, and our interests that were driving this failed pandemic response. And also, uh, also to show how, in a sense, if we don't start pushing back against some of these things, even though some of these specific policies have been rolled back, COVID is just going to be the beginning. We, we see efforts already to sort of jump from one declared public health emergency or one declared crisis to the next, to maintain us in this permanent state of crisis, this permanent state of emergency. Uh, as, as a kind of new model of governance, uh, assuming emergency powers to do things that you otherwise wouldn't be able to do in a kind of opportunistic fashion. So, mm -hmm. so that's really at the heart of, uh, of the book. And what I try to do is I try to connect the dots so that people can see how these, how these various uh, interests and forces, not in some sort of backroom, you know, smoke-filled conspiratorial room, kind of way, but um, just, you know, following the money, following, um, f following the question of who benefited from all of this and the, and the networks of people who pushed us in a particular direction, we can see that what happened to us over the last three years was 
not in our interest, didn't further our health, didn't improve our outcomes in the face of this virus. But it did achieve certain things for a certain group of people. And, um, and so I, I think, you know, it's important for us to do a postmortem on the pandemic, not just to understand where we went wrong, but also to prevent the same group of public and private actors from continuing to advance this agenda that, that compromises our civil rights, but also compromises our health and our freedoms. Aaron, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I just turned 46. So you and I are I, almost exactly the same age, which is what I figured. And, and you know, as we came, uh, you know, of age politically, the American political debate was uh, essentially, other than, well, the original culture war issue of abortion, and then the issue of marriage was added to that in the 90s. But other than those two pioneer culture war issues, really American elections were largely determined by two questions. Number one, in the Cold War era, to take a firmer or more lenient stance where the Soviet Union was concerned. And then number two, and this is what I think most people voted on, the threat of authoritarianism. If you thought it was coming from corporate, uh, corporate America, you voted Democrat. And if you thought it was coming from government bureaucrats, you voted Republican. Okay. And what I think, and what you're quantifying here, uh, is another reminder that that paradigm is dead as a doornail. That's right. Because the reason why you've got you've got Naomi Wolf doing shows with Steve Bannon, okay, <laughs> is because they each got up one day, and real, <laughs> Naomi Wolf was like, "Holy crap, big government sucks," yeah. and Steve Bannon got up one day and said, "Holy crap, corporations right. are the enemy," okay. And now, yeah. you know, they're, they're, it's like the Ghostbusters, but we're, we're, we're crossing the streams now. And, and these things have, have morphed into a symbiotic entity. There is, there is no more tension of, I want, private, uh, I want the, the private sector to have these major societal decisions where I have options that government doesn't grant me, or I go to government to protect me from the corporation that dumps its waste yeah. material in my water table and lies about it. They're the same entity, Aaron. That's, That's what right. you're quantifying. They're just that, one unibrow is what you're talking about. Steve, that is so well said and so well put. And it, we see the political alignments shifting now in, in ways that I think nobody quite quite understands uh, for precisely the reasons that you describe. And the Naomi Wolf, Steve Bannon example, I know both of them. And, and it, it's, a terrific, it's a terrific example of kind of what's happening. Um, but... What we're seeing, and again, what I describe in great detail in the book, is uh, basically corporatism, this melding of corporate and governmental interests with the corporations believing that they're using the government, the government believing that it's using the corporations both to achieve their their aims, mm-hmm. uh, but the people who end up uh, not benefiting from this arrangement are the American people. And, you know, this is marching forward under the euphemism of public-private partnerships. But if you scratch beneath the right. surface, you see that it's this, it's this old form of corporatism. You know, and, and, and it's funny, the word fascism is thrown around pretty indiscriminately these days by people both on the right and on the left. Everyone accuses their political enemies of, of being fascists. But if you look at actually the original definition of the word fascism, going back to Mussolini's definition and Giovanni Gentile, which is a great Italian philosopher, not so great Italian philosopher, of fascism, 
fascism was this melding of corporate right. and public collusion of interest. private and public sector elites exactly. for the domination of the larger population. Yeah, exactly. That's what this so, is. Is it not Aaron? That's exactly what this is. It is in, in the most literal sense of that term for, for anyone who has a clear understanding of the history of 20th century totalitarianisms and ideologies. That is what we're talking about. So I, I tend not to throw that word around because people misunderstand what it means. But, but corporatism is a real threat to our liberties. Uh, one example of this, Steve, uh, is many of your listeners may be aware of this case, Missouri v. Biden, that was filed in federal court, where the state attorney generals of these two states are alleging that many senior officials in the Biden administration have colluded with big tech and social media to censor views, especially on mm -hmm. COVID policy, but on other issues mm -hmm. as well, uh, that were disfavored by the government. And, you know, arguably, I say arguably because there's a lot of debate about this, but but arguably Facebook and Twitter can deplatform uh, or censor, you know, views of, of people on their own platforms. I don't actually think that's right, but but many credible people think there's a legal argument to be made there. But inarguably, nobody doubts that the federal government cannot do that. Clear violation of our First Amendment free speech rights. I happen to be, there's four private plaintiffs in that lawsuit as well. I happen to be one of them, along with a couple of authors of the Great Barrington Declaration. And what we've, what we've seen so far is that actually what we are alleging, this, this collusion, this federal bureaucrats basically leaning on social media companies to do their bit, bidding with the implicit threat of increased government regulation if you don't play ball uh, was much uh, what we've seen from the documents that we've received already is that not only was this happening but it was happening on an even bigger scale than any of us imagined 22 federal agencies so far have been implicated not just hhs agencies wow. but uh homeland security which was basically driving our pandemic response, not the Department of Health and Human Ser uh, Services. Um, uh, Counterterrorism sort of uh, departments, all communications, it, it's, it's quite vast and quite pervasive. And it became routinized, really. They, 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 did the, they did this almost without a second thought. It's been totally normalized over the last several years. And the latest development in that case, which is a little piece of good news amidst all this, um, this kind of scary news, is that the judge recently granted our request to depose uh, seven key senior officials, including Anthony Fauci, uh, including Biden's press sec secretary, uh, many of his senior COVID advisors. So this will be the first time that Fauci has had to answer some difficult pointed questions mm. under oath, under threat of the penalty of perjury, you know, without the ability to just give evasive responses or non-responses. So uh, we're starting to sort of crack open um, uh, the, the window on what's been happening. And, you know, through these efforts toward greater transparency, I'm hoping that uh, clear information about what we've been subjected to in the last three years will start to make its way to the, to the American people, many of whom, as you know, are just not aware of, of many of these, uh, these underlying both political and economic interests that are pushing us in the directions of sort of increasing authoritarian control and, and compromise of our civil liberties. Aaron, I've got about a minute here. 
if you could get a hold of everybody who ends up winning here on election day yeah and say if you care about freedom and liberty in america and in order to stop this emerging biomedical security state one thing you can all do as soon as you get into office what would it be and the state of emergency at the federal level where the president gains 128 additional extra constitutional powers that he wouldn't otherwise have we're still operating under a declared state of emergency even though biden said a month ago in 60 minutes that the pandemic is over his advisors panicked because they knew that that would mean if that was true that would mean relinquishing emergency powers and then we need checks and balances judicial and legislative checks and balances on the ability of the executive to declare a state of emergency because he's the one, whether at the federal or the state level, the governor or the president is the one who gains additional powers that he can delegate to unelected bureaucrats. I'd also tell them to read the last chapter of The New Abnormal, where I talk about the very deep and serious reform of our public health agencies that's necessary if we're going to avoid this kind of disaster in the future. Well said. Name of the book? He just mentioned it, the new abnormal, the rise of the biomedical security state. Aaron Cariotti is the uh, author, and uh, we should have done this uh, quite a while ago. Aaron, I've followed uh, your work on Twitter over the last couple of years. Appreciate the stances you've been willing to take to go up against your own peer group. And uh, God bless you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on and for the opportunity to speak with your audience about the book. You bet. We'll have you back again. Okay, take care. Thank you. Brought to you by our friends over at Rough Greens. If you're a dog owner, you know taking care of your pet means more than just food and water. Its health and happiness is important to you because the dog is a big part of your family. But did you know that chances are the food you're feeding your pet likely was stripped of a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that your pet needs before it ever left the factory? Same thing they do with a lot of the human food that we eat today. That's why we're buying so many supplements today. Now there is finally one for your pet. It's called Rough Greens. It's the supplement powder you mix in with your pet's food and put back into your pet's diet the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that likely are lacking. But what if your dog doesn't like it? What if it doesn't make a notable difference in uh, your dog's health and happiness? Well, we don't blame you for wanting to know the answers to those questions before you buy it. That's why we're going to give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. Find out for yourself for free. See if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. Now, we ask you to put up for the lesser uh, charge of the shipping because a lot of times when people get something for free, they don't do anything with it, and they're much more inclined to try something if they have invested at least a little bit of their hard-earned money. So you pick up the shipping, but the bo- but the bag is on us. The bag is free. When you go to roughgreens.com for R-U-F-F, that's how they spell it there at roughgreens.com, or you can call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Gentlemen, thoughts on the conversation we just had with Aaron Cariotti about his new book, The New Abnormal. Well, as I've told you before, the reasons I'm an anti-vaxxer, some are just about uh, the flat-out science of it all. But the other part of it, and perhaps most of it, is this. This, it certainly got worse because of COVID, but what is primed and ready there. And he lays uh, that out uh, a little uh, bit. You know, doctors, uh, in terms of the vaccine waivers, are very much on the down low about that. They don't advertise it for uh, advertise it because there were punishments from within that community. He laid that out how that was happening uh, 
uh, during COVID, but that has existed all along. This this definition of fascism, the combining of public-private. So there, the hoops you have to jump through just to go to public school, you have to uh, check the boxes that you did this, that you did this. It's Even if you want to entertain not getting vaccinated, the amount of pressure put on uh, on the private end uh, uh, by Pfizer and uh, the medical community for the public, the school, to get in line simply makes the conversation almost an, a non-starter uh, for a lot of people. And quite frankly, a lot of people just aren't as stubborn uh, as I am. So uh, this book is necessary to, to go forward even had we not had COVID, way too much of your life is caught up in this sticky web that is, in fact, again, a clinical definition of tyranny. Not boogity, 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 like that. It's, it's <laughs> about not, you aren't a child of God with God-given rights in the way we live our daily lives uh, having to constantly bow to this medical state run amok. That's why he said after ending this emergency, he said reform. We talk about crazy government all the time, but he said reform itself within the medical community. He's obviously no dummy. He's a pro, and they cast him out like a leper. That has to be addressed. Very well said, Todd. Powerfully um, said. Yeah. Yes. And this this goes back to um, kind of a big picture view of the of the march through the institutions and a critical juncture. And you can debate when this began, whether it was with the New Deal. Um, I think that's pretty, pretty, uh, a pretty good um, starting place for it. But the rise of the welfare state, everybody believes. And I think it's even you can ma- even make a biblical uh, ethical case for it, uh, some sort of a social safety net so that we don't just have people on the side of the road starving every every day. That, that's the church's job. You need to feed the sick. But I think to some degree you can make a case, uh, make a case for having a safety net so that people aren't just completely, if something goes wrong in their life, they completely fall out. But then when you get into the welfare state, hey, it sounds good. It sounds great. Uh, to be able to to feed people who cannot feed themselves, clothe people who can't clothe themselves. And then it's just uh, uh, a wink away from, well, we'll start paying for health care. The number of things that that incentivizes and disincentivizes, it incentivizes not taking care of oneself, it disincentivizes, uh, you know, taking care of oneself, <laughs> conversely. And then before you know it, the state has a lot of power over a certain class of people's bodies. And then once you have control over the body, it becomes very, very easy to control the person's mind as well. Mm-hmm, which, is why mm-hmm. it's, which is why it's no mistake that one of the crown jewels of the spirit of the, the age is and has been Medicare for one and the size that that has grown to, but Obamacare, because that was the beginning of the end of individual autonomy. You know, actual individual bodily autonomy, not the false choice, not the falsehood that is sold by the pro-baby-killing movement. Mm -hmm. Obamacare, the cloward piven that that was, to crash America's health insurance industry slash health care system in order to build back something new where where the state 
then gets to make the decisions over what medications and what things you can and can pay for in terms of your health. That is the crown jewel. It's always been the crown jewel, or at least one of the biggest ones. Because as I said before, the more control the state has over your body, the more control it's likely to have over your mind. And boy howdy, have we not seen that come to fruition, or at least the bad fruit of that come to fruition over the last couple of years. This is the lowest, let me put it this way, the lowest stakes we're playing for here is the end of Western civilization. The highest stakes we're playing for here is, is what we're describing is the stuff of left behind movies. The lining up of a certain sequence of events. The Now, we know how that story ends, so I'm not sure I'm not rooting necessarily for that one, but the lowest stakes on the table is the end of Western civilization. And we go back to the Dark Ages, but a technocratic version of it, where you have modern accoutrements, but they're all under complete and total control of authoritarian regimes that exist largely outside of your jurisdictional ability to vote them in and out of power or to uh, impact them and influence them in any meaningful way. The window is closing. Take advantage of the time opportunity we have. Find out for yourself why I've gotten so many responses from your fellow audience members about one of our new partners this year, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. Why have they sold over a quarter million of these units? Because they work, whether it is dirty diapers, smoke, pets, trash, uh, musky smells you can't get rid of. This thing absolutely does the job. And right now, uh, and you can get a three-pack of the whole home protection offered so you put one on every level of your house if you want or one in the garage one in a couple of levels whichever you prefer the teenage boys room for sure right uh all three units for under 200 bucks right now best of all no filters to buy over and over again replace over and over again it's filterless technology and it works incredibly three units for under 200 bucks plus free shipping Three units for under 200 bucks plus free shipping when you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the promo code Steve3. The promo code Steve3 at EdenPureDeals.com. Final segment of the show here in a pre-election special edition of the Steve Day Show. Todd and Aaron, I'm going to have, if 2020 is any indication, plenty of time here on Blaze TV later tonight to talk, break things down, discuss things. This is going to be the final time, though, that a lot of our audience is going to hear from you until tomorrow when some of these results are going to be known. So I'm going to open up the floor to you guys here about what you're seeing, what you think, what you think is at stake, et cetera. Well, I mentioned once within the last few months, it's been a while, though, um, and I don't even remember the context, but I think it's important... um, that when I complain or rant 
or am frustrated, it comes from a place that I want you to understand that this moment here, uh, in terms of the last three, four, five years, combined with my personal life, my professional life, just the job I happen to do, no matter what is going on, it is, it is as fulfilling a time as it's ever been for me. And, but that is because the most is at stake. And I hope instead of fear, I understand anxiety and all of it comes from, I, I hope that to have an opportunity in the here and now as a people who are still as empowered as any people in all of human history to say here and no further this stops now because i said so it's a privilege mm-hmm. that's what i to to i yeah when i look to the future and what's at stake and how i i may be dead in the ground but what my kids may have to inherit uh that makes my knees shake about as much as anything in life but fighting for it stops that shaking in a second the, 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 the to still have the ability to go out and dictate those terms i know there's a lot of you out there who just you just don't think that's the case it's just it's just too hard the names i'll be called you you got to get past that and the second you do your life will be transformed you have an opportunity now as a free citizen to take your life your family's life in your own hands and to to seem uh, to take this seemingly unstoppable evil and make it wish as steve said it's daddy wore a condom that night it it's just about taking up the fight we hardly ever fight we really don't steve what do you always say about uh not trying to win win an argument i'm just trying to start one folks Mm -hmm it has to happen now that's what's at stake here that's why i think it's the most important if you if you aren't willing to do it where would you yet be stuck isaiah one if you aren't willing to understand that the beatings that are coming uh, they're promising they're promising i've seen these videos in china of these boxes where they're hoarding people together i don't know how much of it is propaganda how much how many of them actually exist versus are being digitally imposed I, i i don't know what to believe anymore but I do know that while t- whatever China's doing in there, there's people over here in this country that wanted to do just that much to you. They just couldn't get away with it this time. Don't give them a next time. What I'm looking for in tonight's midterm election results. <laughs> results tonight. Ha ha ha. I hope we get results tonight. I tweeted out last night that every single person with an R after their name, no matter what state you're in, that you're running for elected office, you need to declare victory three hours and one minute after polls close if you are ahead at three hours and zero minutes after polls closed. Now, hopefully the margin is such that Democrats won't be able to fortify the places that they fortified in, in 2020. I'm hoping the margins are, are, are like that. I mean, again, this is anecdotal. Somebody was talking about on Twitter 
talking to one of their friends who voted in New York, Lee Zeldin and Letitia James. Okay, whatever. They just, they hate Kathy Hochul. Okay. There may be some flukiness like that, but I hope if we see election results tonight, I hope it's a clean cut. I hope it's just a clean red wedding. I don't want to see something mushier in the middle. You know, if, if nothing else, I would like to see Carrie Lake win in Arizona, obviously. But I just, I want to see a, a clean rebuke. A clean rebuke of what we've seen over the last two years. Because if we don't, and it's something kind of in the middle, that's almost as bad as just, that, that, that's almost to me as bad as Democrats picking up seats somehow, somewhere. This needs to be resounding. Then, kind of to, to echo the theme at the top of the show, then everyone, every single adult in this country is without excuse. Whether you are the ones who voted for continued societal collapse so you can keep killing the babies, whether you're the ones who voted for sanity, who know what a boy is and what a girl is, or if you're somebody who just couldn't be bothered to get involved with your civic duty, we are all going to be without excuse. Whether you are the Democrat politician who votes or who supports child genital mutilation, or you're the Republican who won your race, who does not believe that, what you do afterwards, you will be without excuse. The message was clearly sent. Mm -hmm. Everyone in this country, like you said, Steve, you're not, you're not going to be able to say. You, you're not going to have anything to fall back on. Do or do not, there is no try. Today and then the days going after this. And we're going to know a lot if it is a red wave, red tsunami, or red wedding, especially the latter two. We're going to know a lot about the direction that this red whatever goes in the next couple of months, really less than a month after the midterms. Well said. I want to, and I want to come back to where you left off, Aaron. After I remind our audience, Christmas shopping is underway. Black Friday is just a couple of weeks away. Christmas is less than seven weeks away. Last Christmas, I took a chance with one of our new partners, Paint Your Life, and I gave them the oldest photo I have of me and my mama together. It's pretty warped. Um, I mean, the photo is, you know, at this point, almost 50 years old. I'm a toddler. There's my mom, who's maybe 17, 18 in this photo. And they, they gave us back that painting of that photo. And that's what I got my mom for Christmas last year. And let's just say I scored some serious sun points with that. All right. Um, it's hanging prominently in her home. These people do fantastic work so if you're trying to make a memory uh, you know with the loved one or people you care about or preserve them as i was in this case they do great work handcrafted paintings of your family's photos to preserve them forever or at least as long as we possibly can if you want to take advantage of this now is the time um now is the time uh here's what you need to do text the word steve to sixty-four thousand. Text the word Steve to 64000. 
and you'll get 20% off your painting with you when you do, and free shipping, which for the paintings with the size they are, that's a big discount too. So 20% off and free shipping when you text the word Steve to 64,000. The word Steve to 64,000. Paint your life where you can celebrate moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text Steve to 64,000. So let's, let's say we get results tonight that make the early numbers we are seeing come to fruition. Those of us who took that stand against this darkness, this present darkness, those of us who said here and no further, it becomes another clarifying moment for us. Because if we are encouraged that we end up seeing the margins tonight that it seems as if we are going to see, then gentlemen, should that not encourage us that we have had the numbers to put a stop to this the entire time? And it is, it is time, finally, finally. I have my own afflictions, man. But the benefit of being raised in a dysfunctional home, I'm not having a good dad, is I had to learn at a young age to get by without a lot of affirmation. I mean, the combination of 11 new schools and not having a good dad, you never really knew where you stood. Never really knew if something was good enough. You really never knew if, if that was going to measure up. You were just, you were on, you were on blast constantly. Serves me well for the line of work I'm in today. I like you. I would like it if you liked me, but you don't have to. And I'm okay if you don't. And people that know me can tell you that's absolutely true. Now, they'll tell you about the other things I'm afflicted with as well, but the need of your approval and affirmation is not one of them. For those of you that grew up in good homes, God bless you. You can't turn that into an idol, though, where affirmation and approval was so instilled that you now crave it. It's an automatic. I have to have it. Something seems wrong if, if, it, if, if things seem off. I think something is wrong if things seem fine. Okay? But for a lot of you that grew up in a good home, you feel as if, oh, I just, the tension, I can't handle it. The contentment is what I can't handle. Okay? That's why I go looking for trouble, looking for conflicts. Straw man villains. Someone must pay for what? I don't know. But I just, that's when I'm comfortable, making people pay. <laughs> All right? Those of you don't, I'm not necessarily, I'm not saying be like me. All right. What I am saying though, is be a little bit less needing of approval because what other approval and validation gentlemen could you get than throngs of your fellow Americans standing up today in mass and saying enough is a friggin' enough. We're not doing this insanity anymore. If that's not enough to say, I'm your Huckleberry. Then I, I don't know what level of affirmation and approval our people would need systemically to say, we have the momentum now and we plan on capitalizing on it. I don't mean to be cute and play semantics here. I would disagree. 
I think you should feel emboldened. Emboldened. Absolutely. Now, affirmation, sure. You're absolutely right. All the points you just made, absolutely right. But if we get the kind of result tonight that it's looking like it should shape up to be, cool. Uh, affirmed and then emboldened because that's what we're going to need. That's what we're going to need. Just echoing the, sh the, 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 the theme throughout this. No th sternly worded letters. Yes, that comes first, but then action Action has to follow. Are we the NCAA or are we the USA? <laughs> yeah. Do we just send do we just send notice of allegations or do we actually declare independence? Todd, which is it? Well, earlier on the show I talked about Florida and how it's not just uh casting out darkness there, but it's lighting candles. And, you know, I was underselling it there too because, you know, th there's Ron DeSantis there is just, you know, lighting fires. It's like uh, the, uh, the not the two towers, but uh, Return of the King. When they call, uh, when what Gondor calls whoever, and they light all those pyres yep. to let them, it, that's, that's what's happening. And the music rises. And, you know, that, that needs to happen with you. With you. It, it's not for somebody else to do. It is for you to do as a free citizen uh, of this country. And the simple fact of the matter is, if you will not up your citizen game, and I mean this, you, you just don't have a right to complain anymore. You really do deserve what you get. There was never any autopilot on this thing. I guess we've got as close to it as any people has ever had in terms of our largesse, but it is not an autopilot. It will die. It is dying. You must step up your game as a citizen. And yes, that comes with sacrifice, but it is sacrifice that is born of privilege. You could have been born in many other times in many other places and life would have been much, much harder. So do what must be done now before it is too late. It's a great note to end things on. We're going to stick around here in the overtime uh, for Blaze TV subscribers, and you'll be able to watch this later today. We'll record it here in just a few minutes. Then we'll upload it for you later today so you can watch it at blazetv.com slash dace. That's blazetv.com slash dace. We're going to stick around and uh, do what's our early indicator barometer. I got this question. I was uh, on a flight, and because I'm flying American Airlines, it had to take three hours longer than necessary, so I got time to kill. And uh, decided to do an impromptu Twitter election Q&A last night. And one of the questions I got that I didn't see coming, and it made me think about it for a second, is, hey, what's going to be your early barometer event of how you think the night might go? So I think that's such a good question, um, and it uh, caused me to wrestle with it for a bit before I answered it last night. We're going to wrestle with it here for Blaze TV subscribers in the overtime. You'll be able to watch that later today at blazetv.com slash dace if you're a subscriber. Uh, for the rest of you, looking forward to seeing you tonight. It's a nice day for a red wedding. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.